When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Hello, everyone. Here are the headlines. Sri Lanka's clean tea ambitions, COVID's toll on tea garden workers, Tea Day auction yields record prices, and Nayuki's lucrative IPO. More in a minute, but first, this important message. Avani empowers rural women practicing sustainable agriculture, including tea and crafts, such as weaving with natural fiber and plant-based dyes. Up in the towering Himalayas, Kuman is one of India's oldest tea regions. Today, we raise our cups in the name of Avani Kuman a nonprofit dedicated to strengthening farming communities. Cheers to a brighter future for all. To donate, visit avani-kuman.org. The Sri Lankan government's ban on concentrated nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium urea pellets in favor of organic fertilizers is generating vigorous debate as the tea industry weighs methods for increasing yield. Jayampathy Malaguda, chairman of the Sri Lankan Tea Board, attributes the gradual decline in productivity to continuous application of chemical fertilizers. In a 2,500-word article titled Sustainable Solution to the Decline in Tea Production, Malaguda advocates, quote, a radical shift in our perceptions, our thinking, and our values, end quote. He writes that the only viable solutions are those that are sustainable. His views are in sync with business leaders in Sri Lanka from many industry sectors who are advocating a green normal in which companies collaborate to protect nature. One such coalition, known as Biodiversity Sri Lanka, is at the heart of building truly sustainable economies and livelihoods. Malagoda's challenge is science, as critics point to the myriad difficulties of switching from a compact, precisely applied plant food to a bulky and much more expensive alternative. Organic fertilizers are limited in their capacity to deliver nitrogen to 12%, compared to chemical fertilizers at 46%, and the price can be 50 times greater per kilo than synthetics that sell for less than $1 per kilo. BSL is chaired by Dilma T. CEO Dylan Fernando, who writes that, quote, Beyond the pandemic, we all face a 
threat that could literally suffocate, starve, and extinguish humanity. The measures we must take now to assure our health, food security, and survival must be universal, science-based, innovative, and definite, end quote. Business Insight The prize for Sri Lanka are teas that are not only reflective of the island's extraordinary terroir, but demonstrate in laboratory tests a level of purity no other tea-producing country has achieved. In short, Sri Lanka will grow the cleanest teas in the world. Last year, the coronavirus pandemic plunged India's economy into a recession for the first time in nearly a quarter of a century. Tea production, tea exports, and tea retail all suffered, but rural workers were largely spared the high death counts experienced in the nation's crowded cities. That is no longer the case as the COVID second wave crests. The tea industry employs 3.5 million workers who reside in small homes and are reliant on crowded vans for transport, resulting in much higher rates of infection than in 2020. Currently, more than half of the 800 tea gardens in Assam and 300 of the registered gardens in West Bengal report active cases, often resulting in the designation of containment zones. There are now 3,000 active cases among tea workers in Assam, but deaths of tea workers are rare at 102. Kerala reported 331 deaths of tea workers, with 11 dead in Tamil Nadu. On June 15, West Bengal reported 4,371 active cases and 84 deaths. The rate of infection has dropped significantly since May, but vaccine hesitancy remains rampant. Fewer than 100,000 tea workers in Assam have received their first shot, with only 6,000 getting the required booster so far. Selections of India tea harvested on May 21st, International Tea Day, sold at record prices this week on a digital marketplace launched at the height of the pandemic. The auction was conducted by M Junction, the nation's largest B2B e-commerce platform. A lot of Orthodox tea from Pabhogan Tea Estate sold for 4,000 rupees, about $54 per kilo U.S., with a specialty green earning a winning bid of 1,000 rupees, about $13.50 per kilo. More than 93% of the teas on offer were sold. Since June 2020, the marketplace's 300 registered users have traded 1.3 million kilos of tea. China's fresh fruit bubble and foam cheese tea chain, Nayuki, debuted with a $656 million valuation this week on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Shares of the initial public offering traded at nearly $20 and were 190 times oversubscribed. Husband and wife founders Ping Lin and Zhao Ling opened their first store in Shenzhen in 2014. Each is now a billionaire based on their holdings. Arvinda in a theremin in Bengaluru reports on India's tea auction prices. 
India Tea Price Report for the week ending June 19, 2021. The worst of the pandemic second wave seems to be behind us as the numbers of COVID positive cases are coming down and in parts of the country lockdown restrictions are being lifted. The focus now turns to production and prices across auction centers. In the south, the cancellation of auction for one week in June created more outlaws. Several bottle factories have sought the Tibo's intervention to fix a base price at the auctions. especially if they are to adhere to paying the district average green leaf price currently this is announced the beginning of the month and for june the green leaf price was rupees 19 and 92 paise per kilo the factories noted that the average price dropped below 100 rupees in sale 24 last week to rupees 9875 paise from 111 rupees 86 paise of the previous week at the auctions in sale 24 kochi saw orthodox leaf do better than ctc leaf with 94% of the offering sold Exporters to the CIS countries and the Middle East were active. Good Nilgiri leaf saw a high of 280 rupees. Average prices were not significantly different from the previous week. Inkoserve and Supplyco were selected. In Kunur too, Orthodox leaves fared better with 86% sold. Coimbatore continues to see low pickings, hovering in the 50% range. In North India, Kolkata and Guwahati saw better demand for Orthodox over CTC leaf. In Kolkata, only 52% of Darjeeling on offer was sold. Exporters lent fair to good support for orthodox tea while major blenders remained selective for CTC. In Guwahati, Hindustan Lever was more active than Tata Consumer Products for CTC tea. Meanwhile, this week saw a special auction sale 53 conducted on June 21st where small volumes of tea plucked on May 21st, which is the International Tea Day, were sold. And now, a word from our sponsor. Trade Teas works with tea purveyors at every scale, from promising startups to the world's largest multinational beverage brands in the hot, iced, and bottled tea segments. With US-based formulation, blending, and packaging services, Q-Trade can help you innovate, scale up, and grow your specialty tea brand. For more information, visit our website, qtradeteas.com. T-Biz this week travels to Boulder, Colorado, where Maria Yuspensky explains the relationship of beneficial adaptogens and tea. And then to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where Jeff Champeau, Vice President of Business Development at Rishi Tea and Botanicals, discusses how to infuse craft brew tea into our lives. Our guest this week is Maria Yuspensky. cancer survivor and author of Cancer Hates Tea. In 2004, Maria founded The Tea Spot, a tea wholesaler and teaware design company in Boulder, Colorado. Join Herbal Collective Magazine publisher Marilyn Zink as she discusses with Maria the importance to overall health of herbal adaptogens and their role in blends with tea. Maria Espensky A cancer survivor and author of Cancer Hates Tea started Tea Spot in 2004. Hi, my name is Marilyn Zink, publisher of the Herbal Collective magazine at herbalcollective.news, based in Nanaimo, BC, Canada. Join me as I discuss with Maria the importance of herbal adaptogens and how they are used in tea. Maria, can you tell us how herbal adaptogens got started and why? Adaptogens were classified in 1950s by a Soviet scientist who was looking 
at ways to reduce stress for combat pilots that come from being in in very rapid combat, but also because of being at such high altitude and dealing with such intense sunlight. I thought, wow, that's, that's super useful and something that could be good for me. And I started reading very intensely about this. And then when literally when the pandemic hit, I'm like, wow, this is it. We really need to nurture people with something that can be supportive. And adaptogenic chai came out with literally 12 different strong adaptogens. And so these adaptogens have the ability to bring balance to your body, regardless of which direction the stressor is coming from. So let's go back to that combat pilot for a moment. So he may have an incoming threat for which he needs his energy level to go up for where his system is really responding from too low a point. He needs to be brought up. The adaptogen will give him that boost. Or he's just been shot at and is a little frazzled and needs to center back down. The adaptogen can bring him down in that point. So that's referred to as a nonspecific response. That's the first requirement for being an adaptogen is that the response needs to be nonspecific. And that means it can either bring you up when needed, it can give you the lift when needed, or as we say, can give you a boost or it can give you a kiss on the forehead. The next uh, requirement for an adaptogen is that it needs to be a natural substance. So a plant. So generally we use herbs, either, you know, tops, flowers of herbs or roots or mushrooms in our adaptogens. And the third thing is, is that it needs to be otherwise non-harmful, non, not affecting other physiological biochemical processes in your body. So those are the three requirements. Camellia sinensis was a secondary adaptogen. So secondary adaptogens are adaptogens which will support the effect of other adaptogens in your body. It has a very magical amino acid called L-theanine, and that is a very balancing mood. So it's, it's not a primary adaptogen in that it will give you that big boost or bring you down when needed, but it offers kind of a supportive aspect. Things like ashwagandha, chaga mushroom, reishi mushrooms, dandelion root, rhodiola is actually my favorite adaptogen. Those are all very strong primary adaptogens. We just launched a line of a goddess collection of teas, a line of three teas to support women in different stages of their life. So Venus rising is one for women when they're going through their PMS part of their menstruation cycle. And the adaptogens in that tea are interestingly licorice is a strong adaptogen, fennel and St. John's wort. There are other herbs in there that help with, with cramping and digestive relief, et cetera. But those are the three kind of primary adaptogens in that tea uh, that help with mood and again, centering and balance. The second tea is for new moms for lactation. It's called mamahood. And the primary adaptogens in that tea are fenugreek seeds and oat straw. And then the final tea that we came out with that I'm most excited about, it is a a lemongrass blend. And lemongrass is not an adaptogen, but the strong herbal adaptogens in that tea are black cohosh root, 
which Native Americans have used for women going through this phase of life for many um, hundreds of years. Dong Chi, which aka is known as Angelica Sinensis from traditional Chinese medicine, another very favorite kind of adaptogenic herb for symptoms of menopause. And most of these are working for hot flashes and vaginal dryness. So literally, you know, they have fetoestrogenic qualities. So these are not teas that women should be drinking when they're pregnant. So you say that people who are looking for tea now, they're not thinking of tea as just tea as something to drink. Of course, there are people that just look to tea to get them warm and have a, a delicious beverage. But I would say that far more often than not, in fact, statistically speaking, in, in North America, 76% of herbal tea purchases are for the reason of whatever function that herb can bring people. Is there a certain amount that someone needs to drink or a certain frequency? Too much of any good thing is, is not a good thing, right? It's the regularity. It's using it daily for a certain amount of time. I like to take our adaptogenic chai loose and cook it on a stove for 10 to 20 minutes. I like to cook it. And then those, those roots and herbs just keep on giving. In my mind, it brings me back to center. In reality, it probably does that only because I drink it daily or every other day. And I have been at this point close to a year. So you talk about these uh, adaptogenic herbs for women, these tea herbs. What about for men? My species obviously needs to reproduce, but I don't need to reproduce today, tomorrow, yesterday in order to make it to next week. So it's those hormones that I need, you know, pituitary, thyroid, those hormonal functions that are most important, not for women only, and pointing out how a lot of these reproductive adaptogens are ones that target reproductive hormonal function and have been shown to be effective for prostate health. Digestion is one of the symptoms that comes out of hormonal digestive problems. A large part of what we help with is belly pain and digestive issues as well, which of course concern men almost as often as they do women. Men and women's vitality, yeah, and that in our adaptogenic chai, maca and slippery elm, are two of our favorite ingredients in that tea. Uh, slippery elm is, is amazing for digestion. So yes. we, of course, try <laughs> each of these herbs. For me, the biggest impact is when a customer will reach out, and it happens more often than, than one might expect, will reach out and say, you know, your teas and drinking them regularly has really changed my life. How long does someone store these teas for? How long are they viable? It varies. So something like hibiscus, which is a flower petal, you want to drink fresher. We don't really instruct people to make decoctions to cook these teas on the stove. Mm-hmm. But honestly, for like women's wisdom and, and adaptogenic chai, you're better off cooking it. Because when yeah. you're talking about roots, you know, cloves, definitely you want to hit herbs with boiling water or as hot as you can get it in whatever environment you're living in. And if you have the time and you have the tea loose, cook it on the stove. Tea 
is on a trajectory akin to small-batch craft-brewed beer where carefully selected ingredients are individually prepared to showcase their best characteristics. Recipes emphasize balance with efficacy and taste foremost. Excellence in blending and brewing preserves high concentrations of polyphenols and other beneficial plant compounds with minimum calories, nothing artificial, the convenience of can, and the fun of fizz. Jeff is fizzy tea destined for Main Street consumption. Will authentic, craft-brewed, plant-based, low-sugar, lightly carbonated, genuine teas and herbal infusions overcome barriers to distribution to become a significant revenue source for the beverage industry? Absolutely. And that is something that all of us in the tea industry around the world should be proud of and should celebrate. This is like coming home. This is a, a very exciting time to see sugared soft drinks, sodas, and beverages being something people are turning away from en masse, and they're looking for more healthful alternatives. It is an awesome trend. Tea's been around for 5,000 years. It's resilient, and there's a reason for it. Tea is, it speaks to our soul. It's healthful. It enlightens us. I mean, it's just one of the most ancient plants that people have ever been connected to. And it's about time that it has as much of the consumer market paying attention. Uh, it's, it's so delicious and you don't need sweetener to appeal to the everyday palate, the everyday consumer out there. Breaking the sugar habit appears to be a primary driver of sales. If you're using high quality ingredients, if you're using um, skillful blending techniques, you can deliver a very interesting, complex taste without you know, added sweeteners. And that's something that people can really feel deeply refreshed by. Not just satiated on their palate with something that tastes good, that scratches that itch of, you know, I want something kind of sweet or citrusy to refresh my palate after food, but I want that li a little bit of sweetness as an alternative to soda. That may satiate them in the moment, but you can't have two or three or four of them without feeling it in your belly. Something that really has the kind of cleansing, hydrating effect of, of sparkling tea. Now, that's something you can really feel refreshed by and drink several. And that's what we sought to, to develop and to achieve with, with the sparkling botanicals. Will Camellia sinensis or will it be herbal infusions that win the race? I do think herbals will lead in North America. I just think there's a, a greater variety and different colors, different levels of tartness, ingredients that, that can appeal to the younger drinkers that are maybe newer to the category. But I, I don't think that means that we should refrain from using real tea in, in developing the lines out further. Tell me more about characteristics of the new sparkling line. So our sparkling botanicals are a sparkling botanical tea, and they're brewed using real plants to deliver real virtue. So they're the same super premium direct trade botanicals and teas that we use in our loose leaf and sachet tea blends, many of which are certified organic. And we microbrew them using proprietary brewing techniques to yield a really balanced and craft brewed tea that is sparkled up with the carbonated water. 
So by using certain rare citrus and achieving a unique balance with teas, with herbs, botanicals, spices, we're able to develop a two-year shelf life product with no added sugar, no added sweeteners of any kind, nothing artificial, uh, only zero to two grams of sugar per can using real infused fruits like berries or citrus. And these offer only five to 15 calories, which is really speaking to the fact that they have real plants. And it all comes down to that art of, of the balance, getting the balance of you know, the polyphenols, the tannins that are extracted, whether that's from tea leaves or from of the superfruit uh, botanicals and, and fruits that we're using in some of the profiles. Our MSRP is from $299 to $349 per 12-ounce can. And we have six amazingly tasty profiles with two more scheduled to be introduced online later this year for distribution rollout next spring. Jeff, how will tea companies win over the hearts and minds of consumers with respect to the healthful benefits of tea? Tea is is part of a broader natural products industry in North America. And I think sometimes what we get wrong in the natural products industry is that too much hype around a particular tea or a particular botanical or herbal ingredient as being on trend can be exhausting for the consumer. It can treat tea and herb like fashion. Tea isn't fashion. I think that kind of misses the real charm of tea. Tea is not fashion. It's, it's ancient food and medicine. And tea can connect us to the rhythms of nature and to the planet. It connects us to people far and wide. You know, the growers, the plucking teams, the artisans, and leaf processing teams, the worldwide traders and promoters of tea, the baristas, the grocery merchants, the consumers. But you know, how can farmers and producers be sustained if their particular crops are hot in the market for two years, only to slow down as some other trend takes off? So I think the question is, how do we how do we choose to market tea and botanicals in a way that you know really encourages them to develop a deep and steady and earnest interest into infusing tea into our lives? I mean, tea is an agricultural product. It has these different waves of the harvest that, that come throughout the different seasons. And year to year, those, those harvests are going to fluctuate naturally as Mother Nature gives us what, what she can. And botanicals also have their own harvest seasons and new areas of cultivation. I mean, it's just incredible. But if we cultivate a seasonal approach to tea and recognize that tea, herbal teas, botanicals, spices, they're but a part of our broader choices in diet and in what we choose to consume and eat and drink, it's good that we introduce variety into our diet. And it's good that we introduce variety into our tea habits too and embrace that seasonal rhythm of the tea harvest. So I think we have an opportunity to really cultivate a dynamic tea culture in North America that celebrates the seasonality of tea, that celebrates that not every tea is going to be consistent. There's a a beauty in the variety and, and some of that unexpected that can come year to year and season to season. And we should have a reverence for the tea traditions And they really are special for connecting us to the deeper philosophy of tea. But we should also feel a sense of creative freedom to draw inspiration from those traditions, to offer the North American market 
you know, new and exciting ways to infuse tea into the variety of occasions in their, in their lives. I think in doing so, we're just going to open up their minds to thinking about tea as something that they choose to drink and, and enjoy on the daily basis, maybe at some different occasions that we might expect. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Contact them direct through Subtext, a private message-based platform. Avoid the chaos of social media and start a conversation that matters. Subtext's message-based platform lets you privately ask meaningful questions of the tea experts, academics, and T-Biz journalists reporting from the tea lands. You see their responses via SMS texts, which are sent direct to your phone. Visit our website and subscribe to Subtext to instantly connect with the most connected people in tea. Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.